Hey, what is up, you guys? God, why did I introduce it that way? Welcome back to another episode of Cryptic and Unhinged. I'm your host, Mary Kate. I sat in another uncomfortable chair for this episode, but before I get into what we're going to talk to and like basically breaking down, let me fix my microphone. What I am like going to be talking about today, I literally just want to talk about the fact that I recorded an episode (laughs) yesterday and I didn't like it and you guys get the best and nothing less, nothing more. So we're back with another recording today. Before I get into everything that we're going to talk about today, make sure you follow my socials, marykate.willis on Instagram. My new TikTok is mk9unit. Still no word on like if I'm going to be getting my TikTok back or not, which is awesome. What else? My Snapchat's Kate. My YouTube is Kate. If you guys want to see this video being uploaded, because I'm going to try to get it up sooner rather than later. And then what else am I trying to think about? I don't even know what other social media I was going to recommend. My B-Real is Mary Kate Willis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So today I'm just going to be talking about college story times because when I was talking about how yesterday's recording was just like literally garble, like 20 minutes of me going, I went on live and I was like, what do I talk about if I refilm? And you guys were like, MK, you have to make it something about like story times or, you know, stuff that you've done. And I wanted to do that in my cat episode, but she was on Kratom and I got crossed. So I got really fucking distracted. And I didn't really stick to the script as much as I wanted to. Like I kind of wanted it to be more about story times because she's been there for a lot of them. But I feel like I myself have been through war since I've moved out to California and just going through education system. I really thought that college and going to a private college was going to be way different than public school. But I feel like it, you know, it's very similar in some ways at the same time. And I just didn't think it was going to be this chaotic. Like I thought I was moving away from the chaos and I just came right full circle back into it. So we're going to be kind of talking about stuff that I did. I tried to write down two different story times for every year that I've been in college because it's literally been, it's like been that chaotic. Like there's always been something going on with me. I don't know why I'm like that. Like, I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but every time that something happens to me, I'm like, this is insane. This is absurd. Like at least two things that are dramatic as fuck a week. And when I was thinking about story times for the you know last four years, it wasn't even hard. I was like, okay, well, this happened this year. This happened this year. And I was trying to think of the most like major events of the year. Oh my God, MJ's eating a microphone. Let me go get her from her and get a pillow for myself because this chair is uncomfortable as fuck. I forgot. I moved a different one in yesterday, but I can't like imagine like lifting it again. You know what I mean? One of the things is kind of scary because it is about the time that I got sort of in this like assaulty incident. So I don't want anyone who's, you know, been victim to that, who is still kind of, you know, navigating their way through that trauma to listen to this and feel like I'm being insensitive because, you know, I've had a lot of time to process that whole situation. And now it's like something that I kind of joke about to cope with. So if I say anything fucked, I'm sorry. It's just like the way that I kind of healed from the situation and moved on from it. Like I'm even laughing just thinking about it because the way that in which it happened is just so absurd and so ridiculous. Like I don't even know. Whatever. Okay. Let's take this bowl. Cheers. See one, send one. I had to get a wall today. There's no, yesterday when I filmed, there was dust in my water. <laughs> like I'm also allergic to dust. So I started to like get really sniffly and really like choked up towards the end of it. And I like, couldn't, I couldn't breathe. It was so funny. It was also very high. Okay. Zooey mama. That one tasted like alcohol. Why? That was good. Okay. So I think we'll first start with freshman year. And 
to kind of like warm up into the story, a lot of people wanted like partying stories. So this is like why I kind of decided to focus the timeline on college because high school could be its own episode. And I feel like I should bring on my best friend from high school to, to kind of talk about just like the crypticness. I don't know if she'll ever come out here though. So if I go back home next time, I plan to bring my podcast equipment. So it might not be this season, but stay tuned for that. Anyways, I just kind of wanted to talk about going to my first frat party. I think that that was like a pretty big staple story time of just who I am as a person. And I want to like start this by saying I went to a small school intentionally. Like I was the type of person who was, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Skins, but there's this character Effie and Effie parties way, way, way too young and just kind of like gets over it really early. And I kind of felt like that, like I was just wilding out all of my childhood. So I wasn't really wanting to go to a big school that and I knew like college was a time where I really wanted to focus on my grades and like schoolwork and enjoy my last few years of education. I didn't want it to be something that I could just blow off because I knew if it was like a larger class size, not only would I not be able to pay attention, but I would not be held as accountable as I am in a smaller class. Like they expect you to show up every day. And if you don't, like they know, which I almost kind of appreciate a little bit more. And I wanted that like more personal relationship with my teachers because our professors, because in college, you know, they don't give a fuck. And I've still had professors at a private college that give no fucks, but I will say I've gotten a lot more individualized help because I've gone to a private college and my administration and like the Dean of Students and everyone is so much more like willing to participate and like respond and like be active with not only me, but my family and all the alumni. It's got a really great program here. Not only that, but my older sister went here. I think I've stated that before. So when I first moved here, I actually lived with one of my roommates who I live with now and she was from Connecticut. I met her before I came out here. And I barely knew my other roommate. We had like an online friendship. So I really knew no one coming to school. And my roommates had all the friends here because one of them was from California and the other one tried a little bit harder than I did to make friends before we got there, which I probably should have done in retrospect. I just like, it kind of all came so fast. Like I didn't even know when like registration dates were. I took my placement test drunk. Like I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't give a fuck. And I didn't think that there were parties here. Like in the walkthroughs that I had done, I had done two. They had said both times, like there's no party scene. And you have to remember that, yes, my older sister did go here, but like as an adult. So she was like a day student. She didn't live here. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, what, what am I going to do the first night? We end up having like, you know, wine bags. Everyone's parents bought them a little bit of alcohol because it's like our first night of college. You know, it was like a big deal. And they didn't want us getting roofied our first night. You know, you have to take like sexual harassment courses. I don't know if this is for like every school, but they were like, yeah, one in four women get like assaulted in some way, shape or form, mostly sexual in their first year of college, which is like absolutely absurd statistics. I don't even know like where they got that information from, but I'm not also going to sit here and deny it because that's very plausible. Coming from someone who's about to tell you a story about how I got assaulted in my freshman year of college. So I was like super nervous because I was like, I don't know what this school is going to be about. Like I know that my roommates party, I don't know if everyone else parties. I didn't really know anyone here. But sure enough, we meet like a really cool, they had like just really cool people throughout. Like everyone was really friendly. Everyone was really like looking to make friends. And that night I had met a girl in my dorm hall in like our dorm hall meeting. And she was like, are you going out tonight? And I was like, what? And she was like, there's frat parties. And I just like, didn't, they had said on the walkthroughs, I didn't even finish this thought, but that there were no parties at my school. So I was like, okay, interesting. Like, I wonder how big this is going to be. So I had like rounded up some of our friends that we already knew, some friends that we just met, some mutuals, some people's roommates. It was like the most random group of people. And this girl had a car. So she drove us to the frat party and we 
were the youngest there. Like I looked so fucking out of place. I remember my like outfit that night. Like, I don't know. I dressed so Connecticut. I didn't know that people in California were so like hip and like ahead of the fashion curve. I was here like what years behind. So it was kind of embarrassing. Like I just remember feeling really out of place and like heads were turning. Like, you know, we looked out of place. We looked really young and we just walked straight through the party. There were so many people we couldn't even get through. And we get to the other side, we're standing outside and I look at my friends and I'm like, you guys, (laughs) what the fuck? (laughs) We need to leave. And we left like immediately after, like we did not stay long that night because it was just sensory overload. I don't know what I was expecting. Like I had never been to a frat party in my life before. I'd been to like very weird college parties, but not like a frat frat party. So it was like interesting. I don't know. (laughs) I remember being just like very much sensory overwhelmed. So we get back in the car. We, by the way, are all piled in this very, it was like a Prius. So it was very small. And there's probably like, (laughs) it was a clown car. There's probably like eight of us in it. And we go to this like gas station McDonald's. The McDonald's is closed. And we sit there like just reciting TikTok sounds because TikTok was like just newly a thing. And we all had it because again, it's Southern California. Like, hello. You have to keep up with all the trends, not just the fashion. And it was crazy, honestly. Like thinking back to that night, and we, I think we went home and ordered Domino's. Like, I don't even, we didn't make it very far. And our room became the pregame room from there on out, which was pretty cool. We like established that pretty early into orientation week. But I continued to make friends and I went to a frat party the next night. And it was actually, I think it was a sports party with girls that I knew and it just got like way easier because it was smaller crowds and I got to meet more people and kind of like establish myself and older drunk girls were very willing to like give me tips and advice and like, you know, talk me through it. So it was honestly like the most interesting, like assimilation experience in my life. I saw my first cockroach the first week, like never seen a cockroach in my fucking life before. I don't know if it's too cold on the East coast. We just don't have them. I just had never seen a roach, but my friends on the East coast had seen roaches. So I don't, I don't really know why. Maybe they just live in houses. Interesting. Like, I don't know. I hung out in a lot of traps when I was younger, but the traps that I went to, I was pretty privileged that they were always, you know, very well kept. There was always like a family member living in there. It was usually like a basement, a trap basement. You know what I'm saying? Like they knew what was going on. It it wasn't interesting growing up, but yeah, it was so different here. Not only because of the no basements factor, but like people were different. And I think people are very outwardly friendly But like when it comes down to it, they're not super openly like friendly at all times. So it's like you think that someone's going to be, you know, someone who's going to be a friend for a while, blah, blah, blah. And they turn out to be a completely different person because they're not who they initially presented themselves to be. And I think it totally depends on like where you're from in California, too, because it's particularly the natives. And I hate to like transplant talk my way into this, but it's bad. Like there are some places where I've noticed there is a lot more falsivity and projection than any other place ever. I just got my fucking bracelet stuck together like I'm literally handcuffed. Okay, I fixed it. So, yeah, that was like the story of going to my first frat party. And I think like it took me a while to warm up to the frats, too. The first frat that I ever really, really liked, I didn't want to go to. This goes into the like assault story. So, and like fraternities and stuff and why I was kind of against them for so long because of an own like personal experience, which, you know, one person ruins it for the rest of them. I don't want to like stereotype that all frat guys are bad, but they do have a history and I've seen it and I've experienced it and I've lived it. But my freshman year, I was dating this guy. (laughs) Weird now because we're like, we're very much friends still to this day, but 
I was like obsessed with him. The energy was not reciprocated. Really sweet kid. Let me down really easy. And (laughs) normally my breakups are volatile. Like people know this. And this wasn't even like a breakup. First of all, it was like more of a transition to like, I don't think there's any romantic feelings here, but I was really into him or had, I had convinced myself that I think to this day that like, it was just something that seemed comfortable for me. And I was so used to being in relationships that I didn't know how to be single. Like I needed to be like wanted to feel confident in myself. So he was just like, I don't know, someone I'd hang out with a lot. And I'd always go to his room and I really liked his roommates. But his roommates and him had this friend that would always come over and we would always like beef. Like I didn't think that he actually disliked me. I thought it was just like, you know, like we were chirping each other. You know what I'm saying? And before, actually, before I get in, any further into this. So I thought he just didn't, you know, he just thought I was annoying, which like a lot of guys do. Don't get me wrong. A lot of men don't like me because I'm a very confident woman. You know what I'm saying? Let me pack another bowl before we really get into this too. But this isn't the first guy, like little did I know this was not going to be the first or the last to try to get in my face like this, which is like sad to say, but they love to challenge me. Men, especially drunk men, really love to get aggressive with me. I've never seen anything like it before. And they, I've never seen them do that with a lot of other women. But if you've ever seen Jersey Shore, when Snooki gets punched in the face, this is very similar to that, okay? <sighs> okay, I'm going to take this bowl before. MJ, she, I literally put her food on the windowsill so she can't get it. And she's been like sneaking her way over to just like stare at it. I hope she doesn't swat it down. Jesus. I'm going to put the bing bong down. I always have to edit these videos and I'm always worried I'm going to get the bong in it, but I've been really good at like cutting myself halfway into it. So anyways, I was like probably a drink deep this night. Like I had had like a little bit of a wine bag with my roommates. That was our drink freshman year. And we had all gone to like our respective, my one roommate went to her guy friend's in one of the dorm buildings. And then my other roommate was seeing her, you know, like whatever flame at the time in the same building as me. So it was just like, we were all doing our own thing, but I'd like kind of pregame together. And I was just, I think like watching a movie or like TV with them in their room, like nothing crazy. They did have a bar in their room, but two of the guys were pledging. Oops. My ears are cheap. Two of the guys were pledging the same frat. And it was one of the roommates of the guy that I was seeing. And the other one was the friend that was always in the room that was kind of like passive aggressive chirping me always. And me and the guy who wasn't rushing at the time, he's now in a frat, but we were just watching TV. I think I've told this story before, but not like to this depth. And the, the guys come in from their rush event hammered. Okay. Like they were very drunk. And the friend more so than the roommate. And so they had like a little bar in their room. The guy goes behind the bar. There's other people in the room and they're all just like talking in that one side of the room and he's at the bar. He goes over to give people their drinks. They're all talking over there and I'm sitting on the couch by myself. Like the guy had gotten up to go talk to the other guys that came in the room with them or like followed them, whether, you know, the roommate promised to make them a drink, whatever. And I'm staring at the guy, the friend who's on the ground laying there by the bar. He's like on his back, like staring at the ceiling and just looked really drunk. And he kind of looks at me and goes, Jewel, and just gives me this little hand motion, like, come, come. So I'm like, me? You know, like you point, look around, do the whole, he's like, yeah, come here. And so I give him the Jewel and he's like, go sit back down. 
And I was like, okay. And he had pointed to the couch. I go sit back down a little, it was like a futon. And then after hitting it, he's like, no, 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 come back, come back. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, hit me right here. And he points to his jaw and I'm like, all right, like why? And he's like, just, just hit me. And I thought it was one of those like slap me, I'm sober moments. And listen, I wear a child size apple wasp ridge. Okay. I've never been in a fight in my life. I've been in very many verbal arguments, but there was nothing this night that like made me feel like there was any animosity between us. Like I thought he was actually being nice for the first time in a while because he was drunk. There was no warning signs, nothing. And I didn't like actually hit him too hard. I just gave him a little like tap to the cheek. This kid comes back, cracks me in the jaw with his fist, grabs me by the back of the neck and shoves me down in the ground so hard I had rug burn on my knees. And he's clutching onto my neck, saying into my ear, because he has my face pulled down next to his at that point, but he's like kind of, you know, stood the upper half of his torso up to push his weight down. And none of the guys see this because they have their backs turned and they're all talking on the other side of the room. And the other guys I didn't really know in the room. I don't know who else was there that night. Like it was really traumatic. And I was, again, like I had one drink. So I was very much like sober and coherent. I don't know how much they drank that night. And I know they I think they were trying to finish a fifth. I'm not really sure. You know, you don't really get told a lot about the recruitment process. So I get pushed down on the ground and, you know, my knees are bleeding and I'm sitting there just like in fight or flight mode. And he's in my ear saying, you're not in Connecticut anymore. If you hit someone, expect to get hit back. And just kind of keeps repeating that to me. And I just keep saying, give me my jewel. Cause I'm like, I have to get the fuck out of here. I'm like, give me my jewel. Give me my jewel. And he's like, do you understand? If you're here, you're going to get hit back. If, oh my God, I'm just fucking around with the blinds. If you're in California, if you hit someone, it's not Connecticut. Do you understand that? Like just very drunkenly trying to tell me that like it's not my fault that he hit me or it's not his fault that he hit me. I don't know. And it was just really trippy. And he finally gives me the jewel. I stand up. I'm like, let go of me. Give me my jewel. Let go of me. Let's go. I stand up. I'm like running out of the room, grabbing my shit, like leaving my phone, whatever. And the kid, the roommate, not even the one that I was dating, like looks at me and he's like, are you leaving? And I was just like, I couldn't even talk. I just like nodded and my eyes were like welling up. And he's like, are you okay? Like what just happened? And I'm like, I can't like just choked up knowing I'm about to burst into tears. Like I couldn't breathe. I had basically like the wind knocked out of me. I think I was like in shock and I ran out of the room and I don't know if it was like a guardian angel or what, but my roommate who had been in a completely different dorm building was at the bottom of the stairs saying like, I was just coming to look for you and our other roommate. Like what happened? Where have you been? And I just start bawling and she's like oh my god and she like grabs me and I show her like my face is red I have rug burn on my knees and I've still got like the red you know marks around my neck and she's like let's go back to the room she takes me back to the room she calls my roommate my roommate comes back the other roommate and I end up calling a guy and this guy had been at a dinner he was on a sports team so he wasn't rushing and I was kind of like you know, just friends with him, but we were like flirty friends to freshman year of college. It's your fucking for the streets era. And he was like looking at it and I had ice on it because it was literally like, you could see that I was just 
grabbed forcefully and he took pictures and he sent them to the to the president of the fraternity he told his sports team friends about what had happened because i was like hysterical still and like eyes were swollen like still couldn't really like i was just out of it i wanted to get like drunk and just pass out and forget that that whole night happened and he was just like this is not okay like someone has to be told about it and i was like i don't want to tell anyone just right now like i'm really freaked out i don't even know if anyone else saw like i don't know if people are going to believe me isn't that sad that i have to worry about people believing me and so sure enough he sends pictures to the president of the fraternity cuz he has like some connections some older connections through his sport that he was affiliated with and the president of the fraternity responded that he had already been notified. Little did I know, while the guy that I was seeing still doesn't believe me to this day that it really happened because his back was turned. They didn't see it happen, sure enough. Or, you know, if they did, they just claimed that they didn't. The roommate, who I'm still friends with as well to this day, had called it in. Just seeing how upset that I was, he kind of put two and two together. And I'm sure he saw that something happened, like saw the marks on me. And so... I literally feel like I'm going to pass out talking about this. I haven't talked about this in a really long time in like this much detail. I go to bed knowing that like, you know, everything's okay. The guy that, you know, was my friend tucked me in. My roommates, you know, were really supportive throughout the whole process. The next day, we're like getting ready, had woken up. I don't really have a lot of marks besides the rug burn. Like nothing really stayed, thank God, or bruised. I think my chin was just really like tender or like my like jaw. I heard a knock at the door as I'm doing my makeup. So anyways... I'm getting ready the next day and I hear a knock at the door and I open it and I don't know if my roommates opened it or I opened it actually, but it was him and he was in tears and he basically just hugged me and was like, listen, I don't remember what happened last night. I have no memory, but I feel like I did something really bad and I just want to apologize for it because I feel bad and like I didn't. I don't, I was really drunk. Like, I just don't remember doing anything, blah, blah, blah. And like, just kind of went into this really long apology, like had pulled me out in the hallway, like literal tears shed. So I was, you know, I was starting to feel bad. Classic. And so he just pours his whole heart out to me and I end up even hugging it out with him. And as I'm pulling away, he goes, yeah, but just like, please don't tell anyone. And I look at him and I go, oh, I already did. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I I already did. I told the the fraternity, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen with you, but like Godspeed, my friend. And he's like, oh, and he kind of just like got upset and left. And I was like, well, fuck it. Like, I just don't want this to happen to another girl. And I was still kind of juggling with the idea of telling my school. And that's my biggest regret. I never ended up telling any administration at all. So what happened was, the fraternity had a meeting with him and proceeded to haze him for the next week, making him think that he could make up for it by doing this, that, and the other thing that was super embarrassing on campus, like publicly. And I don't even think it was hazing. I think it, that was just at that point, like that was my comeuppance. Like you will rue the day, Carly Shay. Like fuck with me and find out. Fuck around and find out. And they just, you know, he got what was coming to him. And at the end of the week, he had a meeting and they said, sorry, we don't like guys who hit women in our fraternity you're done. Guy was kicked out. And so I think last I heard he was going to school abroad, but I told every girl that would listen to me about what happened to me with him that night. And it turns out he had quite a reputation of doing that. And a lot of people still deny that it happened to this day, but like, obviously if he's coming to my fucking door to apologize in tears the next day and begging me not to tell anyone, like 
he knows that he fucked up. And then I talked to his roommate after the guy that he lived with. And he was like, he was literally vile, like got a nosebleed all over the room. Didn't clean it up. Would pee his bed during the night. And apparently he'd be all over the room too. So he was just like gross. I think he like threw up and didn't clean it. Like he always had like dirty laundry everywhere. The room smelled like piss, particularly his stuff. Like gross. So apparently he was just a nefarious individual. But the last I heard he was abroad in Ireland. Yeah, went to school in Ireland. And that's, I don't even know if he's back here. I hope he transferred. I haven't looked him up in a really long time, but I assume he's probably blocked me on a lot of things. So then, wow, that was just the first 30 minutes on freshman year. I got to speed this up. Sophomore year, I got put on Lexapro after the pandemic. Okay, I had like a crazy crazy mental breakdown, cut off everyone close to me, pushed everyone away and just like extremely isolated myself and moved back to school thinking it would be the cure-all, right? Got put on fucking Lexapro. That was supposed to be like the magic little happy pill. Wasn't even in therapy until I decided this is around like pref night the first semester because boys rush happens twice a year in the fall and in the spring semester. Girls rush only happens in the spring. So Boys Rush does a pref night during the fall, and I had gone to a mutual's house with one of my roommates, on newly on Lexapro, and we play King's Cup, which I'm not good at because, again, I've said this many times, I didn't grow up playing drinking games, so I suck at them. Like I'm literally the last thing that I'm good at is like King's Cup, Rage Cage. Oh, it wasn't even King's Cup; it was fucking Rage Cage. Rage Cage, I'm even worse at. Oh my god, what a horrible fucking game! King's Cup is like chance. Rage Cage is like death. It's it's purely a game of skill and I'm not my hand eye coordination is not great. So we're playing this game. I remember having one fucking drink and losing rage cage. You can drink nothing on Lexapro and blackout. Not to mention I'm in like the peak of my ED, so I'm like a hundred pounds soaking wet. And I drink one drink and <laughs> I lose rage cage and I go to drink the bitch cup and my roommate took it for me. I was struggling so bad. And that's the last thing I remember. I don't even remember going to the party. I wake up the next day in my bed. My hair is all wet. I'm in clothes. I don't remember putting on. I'm like, what the fuck happened last night? And I all of a sudden remember I have work and I can't find my phone. So I wake up to find my phone and I see my roommate's door is open and she's got a guy in her bed who's like one of our friends. And I'm like, what happened? And she's like, you don't remember anything. And I'm like, no. And she's like, sit down. And she tells me the whole story of how I blacked out. And as soon as we got to the party, I passed it on the concrete. The guy, ironically, stories are overlapping here, but it was the guy that I used to date my freshman year who was there for when I got assaulted, got told because it was his house. They were hosting pref night and he got told that there was a bitch passed out outside. And he's like, what the fuck? Going outside to go yell at her. And he goes to go be like, you got to move her. And he sees that it's me and they pick me up. They bring me inside. They put me on his bed. There's a couple haunting images, like cursed images of me. Like you'd think of all the situations that could possibly go wrong, but like it was very safe. It ended up being, and this is why like I kind of gained respect back for fraternities at this point, but there's a picture of me laying in his bed with a trash bag, literally like over my face and all these frat guys standing around me, just like arms crossed, like dad disappointment. And I started throwing up in his bed. So they're like pissed. They take me to the bathroom. There's a picture of my roommate's brother holding me over the toilet. Then my roommate's friend tried to make me yak and I bit her. And there's a picture of her fingers after I bit her. 
and like full force chomp too. Like I was not hesitating again because I'm like, my eyes were not open. They were getting really concerned towards the end of it because I wasn't waking up. I wasn't getting better. And they're like, she needs to go home. So they get me home. I'm like alcohol poisoning, like dying. And they realize they can't lift me up. Like I'm dead weight. So it's my roommate and her different friend. And they get, <laughs> they get our guy friend over. He helps carry me inside. They get me in the shower. They, the girls undress me, get me in the shower. I had no, cause they were like, after the shower, if I don't wake up, they're going to have to bring me to the hospital. Like I was unresponsive. I wasn't even speaking. And I couldn't tell temperature. Just so you guys know, never put a drunk person in the shower. They can't, especially that drunk, they can't regulate body temperature so they could like go into hyperthermia. And so I thought that like the warm water was cold or maybe the cold water was hot. I don't really, I had no sense of temperature and I got in the shower, started reciting like historical context, like literally the constitutional amendments and they get me all wrapped up. They get me in bed and they call our friend who used to be an RA and he's trying to like talk to me and he's like, she looks like she's sort of like aware, but like, did she read a history book before going out? Like, what's the whole, and they're like, we don't know. This is just like the first we've heard her talk all night. Like since, you know, she's blacked out and I had left my phone with my friend's brother for whatever reason he had in my roommate's brother. And I had to go the next day when I woke up, I called out from my boss who was sober living in sober living. So like, just to make me look like a bigger fucking asshole. I'm like, Hey, I blacked out on my Lexapro and remember nothing last night. I will not be coming into work today because I have to gather my fucking belongings because I do not even have my phone. And I detect her off my roommate's phone or my laptop. Maybe I don't even know what I ended up doing. So I end up going to <laughs> going on a fucking apology tour. I give everyone donuts who I wronged that night. It was so sad. And it turns out I wasn't even the worst. Some girl pulled her tampon out on the dance floor and like just free bled all over the house, which like legendary, like kind of respect for that. Stick it to them, girl. Fuck the patriarchy in the most unsanitary way possible. So yeah, I felt a little bit embarrassed, honestly. I'm actually very embarrassed. And I didn't drink for three months after that. And I stopped taking the Lexapro because I was like, that's not, that's not good. And I was sleeping through all my classes and taking 28 bong rips a day. That was like the peak unhealthy behavior me. Like you guys think I'm bad now. You should have seen me back then. And do you think that me like being for the streets is dangerous in my promiscuous activities? But like at the end of the day, sometimes relationship hopping is even more criminal. Like I didn't even feel like myself anymore. So yeah, then also during my sophomore year, I needed to move out of my house. At the end of the year, the same roommate who had helped me through that night and I did not have a good relationship and things were really taking a turn for the worse to the point where I didn't really feel comfortable staying there anymore. And I had a lease that had already started at a new place. And some things really took a turn for the worse when I took in a rabbit and they came home really drunk and under the influence of other substances early, earlier than I thought. And I'd stayed in that night and they were just like screaming. And I had just rescued a rabbit, like just randomly had been dumped at the park next to our house. And it was the second one I had actually found that year. And I said to them, listen, I'm getting rid of it tomorrow. I'm bringing it to the fucking like humane society. I just took it that night. Can we just like keep the volume to a respectful level? Like, I'm not asking you to like not laugh and have a good time, but like, just don't be blasting subs. Like, you know, scaring the poor fucking thing. And I thought they were going out all night. So I didn't think they'd be home 
And they were just like really, really angry for whatever reason. And so they like slammed a door on me as I'm like sitting there trying to like console the rabbit from the loud noise after asking them to turn it down. And they start talking shit about me. And I happen to be recording the rabbit as they're talking shit about me. So I have a video where you can hear them calling me that feral fucking thing, her and her fucking feral rabbit, disgusting bitch. No, we will not be quiet. No, we will not be quiet. We're going to talk as loud as we want. And they start like screaming, sorry about it. And her little's there and her little's like, sorry about it. Don't really feel bad. And I'm like, what am I living in right now? Like, what is going on? And so I start to shake because I'm the type of person who was like, I've never been in a fight, but like right now I'm about to rip a bitch's fucking face off. She's well off. I'm not. So at the end of the day, she has a lot of lawyer familiar familial connections and I'm not trying to catch a case for assault and battery. So obviously I'd have to get in hers first. And I easily could have that night. Like I could have made her try to hit me because she was drunk. But at the same time, am I really going to take the low road? Like that's just not like me. So I go to the bathroom. I call my mom. I'm like, I'm going to fucking beat a bitch up. Like I'm really, and she's like, just go to your friend's house. So I tell one of the roommates that I'm still chill with, like I'm still chill with two of them. I was chill with the rest of my roommates. It was just like, we had a very not good relationship. Like you cannot live with some of your best friends. And I live by that. And so I I go to my friend's house and I'd ask them not to touch the rabbit. I go and I'm telling my friends the story because I'm like, I don't even like know what to do. Like it's getting really bad. And it you know used to be where we were respecting each other's boundaries and we had that mutual agreement that we were just gonna like agree to disagree and like keep a you know positive space to like live in. I don't know how the hostilities like just got so bad. And uh, as I'm telling the story, my friend's like dude, did you get blocked from and names my roommate's story? And I'm like, why? And she shows it to me and it's them shaking the rabbit that's already traumatized from all the noise, from me like snatching it up that night, from probably being outside for the last couple of days, the rabbit that I had asked them to leave alone. And I just send my roommate a text like, dude, what the fuck? Like I asked you to just be respectful of one thing, one night. It wasn't a big ask. And you literally went ahead the minute I left and did the exact thing that I asked you not to do. Like, there's just no, there's no respect there. And like, I've lost it. And so she never even responded, never even answered, had blocked me from her story. It was just really petty. And I felt like this wasn't a sides thing or something that had to be like where you had to pick sides, but it, it became that. And I was like, I don't want to be living in a space where it feels like divided. So sure enough, I just put on my story, is anyone available to help me move? And I moved out the next day. She had come home that morning with a megaphone the next morning, screaming, Who's going to be loud now, bitches? I was like, I got to, I got to go. I got to go. Like, I just couldn't. People think I'm pick me. Like, that was something that I just, I was scared of. Just of, not of her, but how I would react to that situation, you know? And I didn't want to do anything that I would regret. And I got out in time that I didn't do anything bad. Thank the fucking Lord. I'm not religious anymore, but like, thank God. And then my junior year, that was over. I finally moved past it and I take a painting class because I'm like, you know what? I'm looking for some Zen in my life. I've had the last fucking crazy years of my life. I really liked art before I moved out here. Like that'll be something I get back into. And I needed it for a like general education requirement for my degree. And I, at one point have to paint a nude person. I knew that this was going to be a thing. They stated it in the beginning of the class that it was going to happen. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm down for this. I can do this. I have to tell four stories in 20 minutes. That means five minutes per story. All right, I got this. And I had a boyfriend at the time and he was like, are you ready for this? Like, are you ready to do this? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of scared. And 
I feel like it's going to be a girl though, because our whole class was female, even the teacher. And there wasn't that many, there was probably five of us in the class. It's like a 7am to, it was like a three hour art class, like 10am art class. Oh my God. I felt so tired in that class all the time. I make my coffee that morning. I'd slept in my boyfriend's. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. I get to class. I have my little protein shake. I get a front center view and I have no problem painting a woman's body. When I was in art, my teacher was explaining how it's actually easier to paint a woman than a man. And then we get there and it's something, you know, I'm more comfortable with female anatomy because I get to see that shit every day. I'm not trying to stare at a one-eyed willy for fucking three hours. Sure enough, it was a man. A man walks into the room and even worse, the teacher's like, oh, I always say teacher. I know it's professor, but like, I'm just rooted in my ways. The professor is like, oh, have you ever done this before? Like blah, blah, blah. Cause he seems like really hesitant and he's like, no, n- never nude. Oh no. So he, it was just a really uncomfortable experience. It was a really cold fall morning. We had the door open. We had to close it for him. It was very chilly. I couldn't draw the, I couldn't draw the pain. I literally would just put a little black shadow where it was, you know, leave a little imagination. It wasn't very big either. So I don't, I didn't want to make him feel bad. And sold to, I think I did. I probably tried to draw it at first and I was like, I don't want him to look at these after. Cause I think that's what he wanted. Like, I don't know. Like, what person like willingly goes into that? Like, 7 a.m. art class. It felt a little strange. Like, did he know? <laughs> did he, did he know? I felt, I felt weird about that. Mm. Even better. <laughs> You like typically paint, like paint me like one of your French girls. Like that's what I was imagining, right? Like someone a little like tarped up a bit, wrapped up a bit. No, this man went full frontal nude and (laughs) he's like, I brought props. Oh my God. I got to take a bowl. And he literally brought out like a fucking cane. And there's just this naked man, seven in the morning, dick out, like, Oh my God, what a traumatic experience. I never want to do that ever again. I never want to do that ever again. I really regretted taking that art class in that moment. I mean, it was fun. It really got me into art a lot more for the first time in a couple of years. And I felt really passionate about it about it again. But not that, that moment really. And it was like the end of the semester too. Like way to go out with a fucking bang. I just, wow. Okay, cheers. Five minutes on the dot. All right. Next story was how I rolled in Joshua Tree this year. And I rolled for the first time this year, a month after my breakup, because I was on just kind of like a breakup bender experience and willing to try anything. And I was literally wilding out. Like I had been in a relationship where I wasn't really going out because he was very hermited. He was very like introverted. And I, I don't know. I, we didn't, hook up a lot, like actually ever. So that kind of explains my for the streets attitude during that time period. But I had like this group of friends that always was down to get fucked up. And we had made plans on one of our blackout Wednesdays to, <laughs> to roll fucking face. So we had house rolled and I had a great time, except for I took E after a pressy. And then I smoked a J before taking the E and I literally had like shadow demon experiences. So I knew next time when I was going to rave in this fucking 
like it was put on by like kind of a frat event. It was these guys that were in a frat and they still do events now, like DJing stuff, but they put on this event in the desert for a rave and we all like kind of brought our cars there and I drove my fucking Nissan Sentra, like off-roaded that bitch into the desert. Everyone was like, who drove this? I was one of the only cars that didn't get stuck, including the off-roading vehicles. And I was like, what the fuck? How did I make it here? I only got stuck once and Kat put a rock underneath my tire and helped me get out because we dipped like 6.30 a.m. the next day. But we pull up and my ex is there. Who fucking else? Like freshly into the breakup, like fucking great. Actually, it was probably like three months in. So I was in my healing girl era. I was like kind of moving past it, but that was not something that I wanted to see. I was like, we got like a 12 person tent and I was so excited to camp out with my friends. And we get super, you know, like it's super hot. I'm wearing an all black outfit. I'm freaking the fuck out. And my roommate now, actually, like I'm crying because he shows up with one of my friends that he had, you know, hooked up with behind my back. And my girlfriend sees me starting to panic, my roommate now. And she's like, MK, you need to snap out of it. Like, why are you upset about this? Because I was starting to cry. And she was like, you made your TikToks. You've gone to therapy. You've talked about it. You've hooked up with other guys. Like you're past it. And I'm like, I feel embarrassed. It makes me feel like I look bad and I don't want it to ruin my role. And she's like, well, don't let it ruin your role. You're here with your friends. You're here to have fun. And if anything, if you let it fuck you up and go crazy on them, that's a poor reflection on you. Right now, they look bad. Like them showing up together, knowing that you, you're coming here with your friends, you're here for your friends, makes them look bad. And I bet they're running their mouth about you just like you're you know, thinking about running it to them. And just kind of gave me this whole pep talk, like it's not you, it's them. And I had the best role of my life. I had a great night. It was honestly the craziest experience. I'd never been in Joshua Tree. I'd never been camping before. And I didn't want it to fuck up my night. And I just like kind of wiped my tears from that moment. Sunset, we all got like tacos. I ate with Kat before we got there because I was like, we're definitely not gonna be able to eat like, you know, during the roll. Kat actually threw up because she took a pill she found on the ground. So Kat took like three points. I took like 1.5, I think. We got it like pre-measured. So it was really nice. It was really nice. I don't have to take a lot because, you know, I have anxiety and all this stuff. And I think that's something I don't really talk about and something I had to navigate when I started taking stuff like shrooms and, you know, kind of venturing into the drug realm where I would, you know, experience loss of self-control, which is really nerve wracking for someone with anxiety when situations are unpredictable. But it's all about setting the right mindset, which is why I was freaking the fuck out about like if it was going to go the way that I wanted it to, because all of these unexpected factors had come into play. But it ends up being great. I was so zoned on my friends and like cat and the lights that I didn't even like notice. And everyone was on patrol that night to keep them the fuck away from me. And it worked. And I like felt great. I even got to smoke before bed and I got a little overstimulated towards the end of the night because there just wasn't like a lot of people there. I wish there was more people there, but it was good. It was good. And then Kat, di- Kat and I dipped the next day. We went the wrong fucking way. And that's when I got stuck and I freaked out. And Kat, who doesn't even have her fucking license, is like, okay, let's put a rock underneath the tire, turn your tires all the way to the the left and just gas it. And sure enough, that got me out. It was either going to get me more stuck or it was going to get me out. And we got out and it was the funniest experience ever. I could not stop laughing. It felt like a sitcom and we drove home and we got home like pretty quick. Like Joshua Tree is not that far away. It was probably like an hour, hour and a half. And I was telling my dad the story and he could not stop laughing about like how I got in. And even one of our friends popped a tire in an off-roading vehicle. I didn't get stuck. One car got stuck there all night. Like they had to call call like AAA to get some of them out, I think. I don't really remember. I got the fuck out of there. And then my senior year, wow. So there's a lot of things that have already (laughs) happened. And this year is not even over. And this is the time of year that shit starts to get like busy for me. So 
we'll see what happens. And I feel like good changes, like good things are coming my way and like exciting experiences. So I'm like super hyped about that. So this is just like the beginning of what the fuck this shit show is going to take me to. But I think we'll talk about how I got sober for a little bit again and how I went missing because I told the story briefly on my TikTok lives because there's a lot of shame behind this. But, you know, stemming from my bender, I don't think I've realized like there were a lot of things that have made me feel really like out of control in the last year and it made me feel like I have no control over anything. And I feel like in the last six months, I went from, you know, restricting my eating and that was how I felt a sense of control to then restricting or like, you know, binge drinking and like restricting how much, you know, I was being sober. (laughs) Like I just wanted to numb myself in any way that I could. And I was just swapping self-destructive behaviors. And I, it really got bad when I started my tea break because I swapped smoking for drinking and I was drinking like all the time. And then all summer I drank like literally every day. I don't think there was a, when I went home, I felt like there was a lot more like breaks, but I still was getting fucked up at home. And I thought that was going to be like the cure all. And it wasn't. So that was like a huge problem for me. And it just got worse as school went on. And it was almost like a premonition. I met this guy over the summer on hinge who flat out told me he was like, you drink a lot. Like it's concerning. And no one has said that to me because when you're in a college environment, all you really have to compare yourself to is other kids in college and everyone's drinking to cope, especially post pandemic. I think all of us are just in like a really weird place mentally and like have never been able to like confront that and have experienced a lot of trauma in that time span that it was just debilitating like you know to be stuck and to have your life on hold and to be so young and feel like you're missing out it was like anxiety for a lot of us and everyone like gets fucked up like think about like when you're with your friends and something bad happens like a breakup or something your first gut reaction is like all right let's go get you know let's go drink and go out and creep you know what I'm saying like let's go find a new guy and I think that's like the cure-all the magic potion and it's also the magic truth serum so I would just be experiencing all this shame from like going through stuff and suppressing my emotions that I was going out drinking to the point where I was so drunk, I was making a fool of myself and feeling more shame about other stuff. And it all snowballed to a point where I was just like in this cycle of numb and I didn't want to be aware of what I was doing. And I think it got worse because I was also just like, I I just didn't want to be present. Like I, I, I was really depressed and I don't think I knew how to admit that to myself, that I was emotionally not okay. And that I was just feeling really sad. And it started to turn from something that was like funny, like me getting messy to like, I started to go missing a few times and then it would get like sad. Like I would like cry myself to sleep or cry or just like talk about really scary, like dark stuff. And that's how I knew it was getting really bad. And there was just a, I couldn't, I didn't want to stop because I knew I was going to have to experience all of those emotions. And that was what really scared me. And I think like, that that was that was terrifying for having suppressed emotions for six months that's a really long period of time and people have gone way longer than that but you know I was I was scared so I I was hanging out with these guys I met on hinge right and I had gone by myself to meet them for the first time and they were all hammered and I was like oh these are like a rowdy bunch and like we all get really drunk I had this like amazing first night with this guy And I go back the next day, you know, I'd slept there. I'd spend the night there. Talk about like self-destructive behavior. And they bring me back home the next day and I introduce them to my roommates and, you know, everything's great. But I get into this pattern where like, I don't know if the guy like triggers me or reminds me of someone that's like hurt me in the past. It's got to be something like that. You know what I mean? But it's like toxic in the fact that like I get really drunk with him and then we drunk fight and then I run away. 
And it can be over nothing. It can be over something really big, but like it became a pattern for me where every time I'd hang out with him, I'd get really drunk and run away. And uh, one night I go missing (laughs) because my other roommate had gotten like really drunk. We think she got roofied and we went out with the guys, all my friends, and we had a really good night until you know, my roommate had gone home with my other roommate and this guy, like one of their friends went back with them. And I was with my guy and I was like, I don't have my phone. Like I'm really drunk and I don't have my phone. I realized how fucked up I was in that moment. And so I'm trying to sign into his Apple ID to find it. And he's trying to convince me that we just shouldn't worry about it right now. And I'm like, what if we left it in the Uber? And he's like, the Uber would text us. And I'm like, do you remember who ordered the Uber? And he's drunk as fuck. We all were hammered. It was probably like 2.30 in the morning. And we had been drinking like all like night, all night. And we get into like an argument because I can't sign into my Apple ID. Like I use different passwords for everything. I don't remember. Finally, I get into it. And sure enough, it's at the bar. And I'm trying to convince him that because they just closed, like there's probably someone there cleaning up. I can probably try to go. It's the next town over. And he's like, no, no, no. Doesn't want to order me an Uber. So I'm like, fine, I will walk there. And I'm being stubborn. I go outside. I realize it's cold. And I like kind of stand there for a little bit. I cry. And then I realized I have to go back. So I go back. I'm knocking on the door. He's locked all the doors. All the lights are off. He comes down screaming at me. You always do this. Fuck you. Like blah, 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 blah. Gets really mad. And like, I've never seen someone that angry at me. And he's like, I'm going to order you this Uber home. And I never fucking want to see you again. And I was like, holy shit. He's like, get the fuck out and never come back here. And he is like, I hate you. I hate that you do this. You do this every time, like going off on me. And it really reminded me of my dad, just the way that he like, couldn't even look at me. He was like shaking. So I get like fight or flighty again. I'm drunk as hell still. And I'd ask like, where is this hostility coming from? You know, like I, I'm sorry. Like I didn't mean to get you this upset by like me running away, but like I felt attacked and he just like, couldn't handle a conversation, like a civil conversation. So I ran away and I busted face. I'm crying. I'm laying on the sidewalk. I start shivering. I get flashbacks to that moment where I'm like, oh my God, drunk people can't regulate their temperature to my sophomore blackout. And I'm like, I got to get to my sister's house because my sister lives in the same town. And so I walk two miles. (laughs) A mile of it is up. I can't even stop laughing. It's kind of funny now that it's like been a couple of months. And I walk in my boots. I'm crying the whole way. And I get to my sister's and I try to get inside and the door's locked. And I'm like, okay, I'll just like try to find a warm place. Her detached garage was unlocked. I sat there and cried my eyes out till I passed out. Woke up. Birds are chirping. It's got to be somewhere like five in the morning, like very early. And I stand up and I put a towel around me and I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to like stare into the window and wait until someone wakes up. And I'm, like, I'm just crying. I'm just crying. I probably look like shit. I got dirt on my face, dried blood. I look like shit. I feel like shit. It's cold. And I hear a knock behind me. I look around and there's a police officer and I go out and I'm like, does my older sister think I'm breaking in? He goes, are you MK? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you need to come with me. Your whole family has been looking for you, your friends, some guy. I'm like, oh no. And he's like, are you okay though? And I just go, no. And I start crying. And this police officer is holding me in my sister's alleyway. And so he brings me down to his cop car. We call my mom. I'm like still crying. She's like, you just added six years to my life. God looks out for drunk people, MK. 
And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And so she orders me an Uber. He drops me off at Starbucks and I get an Uber home. I call her off my laptop as soon as I'm home because I still don't have my phone. My roommate wakes up. She's upset. I have to call people all morning because I can't even be alone with my thoughts. My older sister gets my phone. He had told me as I'm like, after I'm done explaining to him what happened, he's like, yeah, so they were out looking for you. My mom told me they were all out looking for me. Like he felt bad and had called my roommate after it happened. Or he had been on the phone with my roommate when he was yelling at me, I think too. And like, I don't know, they just thought that I would come back, (laughs) but I didn't. And then they went to go look for me and my sisters and she had no clue I was even there. They had woken her up and they went in the other entrance. I had gone in the back and they went through the front and she was really sad and I felt so bad and I felt awful because she thought I had like literally jumped off a bridge. You know what I mean? Like me with all the dark and stormy before that, she was really worried that that's, you know, not far off from something that like I was talking about. And I feel like shit. And so I stopped drinking for two and a half weeks after that, which isn't a long time if you think, you know, I went sober three months, two years before. But I just like realized, and in that two weeks, two and a half weeks, I did a lot of thinking about my mental state. I felt a lot. I cried a lot. You know, even the idea of stopping drinking, like I cried at the idea of it. And I was like, I don't want to miss out on my senior year because like, this is, you know, something that's holding me back. And I talked to my friends about it. I just started opening a line of communication and being open and honest about how I was feeling. And I feel like that really helped. And honestly, my relationship with alcohol has improved significantly since then. I like, don't really go out as frequently at all. And I think that's just something that like, you know, is going to work for me while I'm navigating, like how I can build a healthy relationship with alcohol and not, oh, I've had a bad day. I'm going to go get blacked out. Like that's not... That's not how life works. And I think now I've been journaling more, meditating more, just a lot more myself. I lost a lot of weight because I'm obviously not like only eating fast food. I've started taking care of my body more. So it's really good. My skin looks better, just a lot. And then lastly, I just want to tell a quick story about how I got MJ because this is like the whole peak of my senior year. And I had gotten her probably two weeks before this incident. So, you know, things were just really coming to a head for me. But I had my mom visit in October. And I was like, I really want a cat. And she's like, you know, I'm not really against that for you. And my mom normally reminds me of how impractical my decisions are and my impulses and her being like with it made me feel a lot more comfortable about it. So while I'm in class board one day, I'm just like looking up cats on Craigslist and I see MJ and I text the lady and I texted a few people who had listed cats And she was the only one to respond and she spoke no English. So it was pretty like obvious she was using Google Translate. I also just like lisped or my teeth whistled. So she was like, no, I I need her gone like this week. I want her gone today. Like, can you, you know, come pick up this cat? And I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I, or this week, I don't even think she said today. And I was like, how about like, you know, Thursday or whatever. And she was like, yeah, sure. Come get her. We'll meet you know, where's like a halfway point. We chose like a parking lot or she sent me a location. I don't even know. And so I just get prepared. She tells me about food to buy, which she ended up being allergic to. (laughs) She's like, you have to buy the seafood flavor, blah, blah, blah. She's allergic to seafood, ma'am. Thank you. So she was a sick little kitty before I even got her, but she smelled like she was bathed. So I don't even think I like could see that, you know, she had like these really obvious like eye problems, her eyes, you know, she struggles with like conjunctivitis pretty regularly because of the herpes problem, but it usually goes away on its own. It's not really a huge issue unless the eyes get really swollen and I see like the blinking and stuff. But yeah, she just came with like a lot of health problems I was unaware of. It was the most sus exchange in my life and she was $40 cash. 
She's cost me way more than that, way more than that, and probably will continue to. I just found out I can't even get her, like, it'd be risky to get her spayed with the herpes because she's bound to have a pretty gnarly flare-up after something as intense and stressful as a surgery. So that's really awesome. I have to, like, you know, think about medication options beforehand in order to prevent a flare-up. I found out she has herpes. I don't even know if I just said that, but she, it's a lifetime condition. If you catch it earlier, sometimes not all conditions of herpes in cats last their lifetime, but MJ does have it. She's a four lifer. So I'm fucked. Awesome. And my bank account is even more fucked. And if you get pet insurance, they don't cover pre-diagnosed conditions, which is awesome. If anyone knows any different, please let me know because she develops conditions as a result. And I don't know if that has to do with that. I haven't done a lot of research on it yet, but I think it's something I should definitely invest in in the future. But yeah, it's been a wild ride, but it's taught me a lot about responsibility in myself. And I've started to keep my room clean. I definitely need to switch to pellet litter though, because this bitch be tracking litter everywhere. I find that shit in my bed in like the bathroom. I find it in the rest of the house. I feel bad for my roommates. Like it's just some messy activity, but a lot less care than a rabbit ever was. I will say that. And I also have a weird significance with white animals. Like I leased a white horse growing up and the first horse that I ever like got into that got me into horses was white. His name was actually (laughs) El Blanco. And then that probably sounded so Caucasian the way that I just said that. And then my cat is white. My rabbit, the first rabbit that I ever rescued was white. The other one was brown. My dog was kind of white growing up. It's really interesting when you think about it all. Okay, taking a rip. My pee sounds clogged. I need to clean it. On that note, I hope you guys have a great day or night or whenever you listen to this. Just live mas Taco Bell. (laughs) I want Taco Bell so bad right now. I'm thinking about a bean burrito. I love you. I hope you have just a wonderful year and to more positivity and more story times to come. I'm feeling a lot of crypticness before I graduate. Like I really need to get the college out of me in the next couple months, but make sure you follow my social media, Mary Kate Willis on Instagram, Mary J. Kate on Snapchat and YouTube. I'll try to get this video up. I have a lot of videos to get up. What else? My B-Reels, Mary Kate Willis. Did I say my Instagram already? Mary Kate Willis. My TikTok is MK9Unit. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you guys more and always let me know suggestions, leave a review. I love your guys' feedback and thank you for listening. Talk to you next time.